sets up everything. Is Billy Husso on the move to Edmonton? Probably not, but we'll speculate wildly about what trading him might return. Meanwhile, Jordan Bennington looked bad in his return to action, but did the Blues look worse? They signed about 18 guys to extensions, so this is the perfect time to go on a nice long losing streak against the league's worst opposition. And finally, Brad Marchand tries to defend himself against ill treatment by the Department of Player Safeties by explaining that he is a worse human being than other players and therefore gets worse punishments. Understandably, it went horribly wrong for Brad, but we've got to love him because he made fun of the hurricanes that one time right i don't know but i do know it's time to say let's get started and let's go blues Two guys, one cup podcast. It is Friday, February 11th, almost Valentine's Day. Get your gifts unless you're sad and alone. Uh, and we are here <laughs> in two parts of the country, as we often are these days, to bring you a loaded podcast full of mini blues updates. Dougie, Dougie did some work this week. Not all of it good work, but <laughs> some work this week was done by Doug Armstrong. And we'll talk about that and those many extensions. But first, Ian, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing great. The snow is gone. It snowed like about what, a week ago and there was a lot of it. And then we all got tired of it. And our collective witches make it disappear in Missouri, unlike other places in this country. So, you know what? Good job. Good job, everyone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, that's true. I guess that doesn't like if you're in Minnesota and it snows, it's just there until uh, until spring. So. The snow when the snow beats you over the head pretty much essentially yeah. up there because you're like, I'm tired of this, and they go, it's kind of like we don't care, and so you go, <laughs> okay, I guess I I guess I like this now because if I didn't, I uh, would hate it here, and it's like, yeah, I guess you do like this now. <laughs> <laughs> you must you must have you surrendered. Um, <laughs> speaking of people who don't surrender that way, and it's Brad Marchand who he's back he never left i I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this if it was more time we maybe we would but um what would you say molested tristan jari multiple times on the ice in pittsburgh the couple nights ago and um stuck a stick in his mask or in his face and punched him on the back of the head or you know a couple of couple real bad things uh, then got invited in for the in-person hearing, got a six-game suspension, and explained to the media, quote, these plays were not going to injure Jari. No potential injury on that play. He was very well protected. The fact that it's six games is based on history, not on the play. And I just wanted to take a moment to say, yeah, Brad, they say that explicitly. <laughs> that is part of the rules. And since the DOPS doesn't, enforce any of its rules it's nice to see them finally enforce this one i don't know mm-hmm. how do you feel about this Ian? yeah i was gonna say this league tries its hardest uh to not have anything in writing so they can constantly skirt or change what definition or rule goes by or what something is and the fact of the matter is they have it in the rule book or in the player's handbook that yeah past uh performance past 
transgressions affect future punishments, uh, this would be one of them. This would be the case where this has to be used. Um, I mean, it is interesting because I don't necessarily think it deserved like six games, like the, what happened. So I agree. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that deserves six games, but because you constantly do this, you get six games as a punishment to be like, stop doing this. Or the next time, maybe it'll be nine games or 12 yeah. games, or you might start getting the Tom Wilson specials, although that's, you know, one other <laughs> ball wax, but God, I watched that SunQuest hit the other day because it just like came up on YouTube <coughs> suggested for some reason. YouTube said, have you been having a good day? Remember this? <laughs> oh, God, that was so bad. Although he, you know, he woke up the beast. That's right. And we need him back. <laughs> no, we might need another Tom Wilson hit to the night. We need to reawaken the beast. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I usually don't love the hockey twitter dog pile of this person said something dumb and we're all going to give our takes on it but i kind of did enjoy it with the brad marchand thing where everybody including like greg washinsky was like yeah bro you got it (laughs) you you cracked the case congratulations (laughs) um and the other thing is like it was shitty it was not i i think he's he's a little too glib with it The problem is he's an asshole who does this shit all the time. So he doesn't think that's very bad. Whereas the normal players who aren't psychopaths would never do that. So they look at it and do think it's very bad. So I don't know. He's dumb. It was a bad play. I didn't don't need to linger on it. I just thought it was interesting. I was going to say it's against a goalie too, which I feel like some people are trying to make it out to be like, well, if he does this to another player, you know, it's then he's not getting this big suspension either. I'm like, once again flawless logic you're correct you, you yeah <laughs> goalies <laughs> while lots of times we always like they should be treated like any other player that's true when they're out of the crease making dumb plays and you're like eh, time to get lit up because you're stupid <laughs> but like if you're just in position to play the, the puck and you have your head turned you know it's essentially a cheap shot no matter who you are no matter what kind of you know whatever position you're playing so i don't really yeah i don't really quite get the whole like well, you know, it's just because he's a goalie. I'm like, that's, that is correct. That's a big part of it. You, I, I, it's their starting goalie. If you manage to injure him somehow, you've completely affected that team for the worse as one human being doing something that you shouldn't be allowed to do. So, like, I, every point that we hit, I'm like, so this is bad. So this is bad. So this is bad. <laughs> it's like, so this is what leads to a suspension um yeah i was i didn't quite understand some of the mental gymnastics of like ah how can you how can you do this I'm like come on everyone let's let's rub our brain cells together we can figure it out yeah yeah it was it was a bad look so i'm glad we can move past it but i just thought it was deserving of mention for a few moments of comedy speaking of weird things that happened in the nhl this week before uh, we dive into the brewery extension at all. Um, do you have any thoughts on Anson Carter and Michael Russo starting and then <laughs> perpetuating and then ending a like grade A flame war by NHL standards in the space of like 36 hours? <laughs> yeah, that was that was weird, but also entertaining, but then also kind of 
positive that it ended, but also kind of sad that it just ended. I kind of need I need something in my life. I really just want Anson Carter to like inexplicably hate. Like I want the feud with Russo to go away, but I don't want him to stop just inexplicably hating the wild, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, like, it's... But like three years from now, he's still doing it and everybody's <laughs> forgotten the Russo thing. And like, what the hell's happening? Why do you hate this team? I mean, I'm with the Anson. They suck, but it was just You look at the standings, you know, Colorado, good. Nashville, good. Uh, Minnesota, wild. Absolute dog shit. The Blues, pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I I really do think this is like, Anson's got a big personality, it seems like. And then on top of it, I think, I don't know. I think this is all done over Twitter completely. I mean, aside from like Anson, like kind of going off on, on camera, but like their back and forth was pretty much all on Twitter until they like buried the hatchet, I guess, the other day. Mm-hmm. So like I gotta I gotta think some of this just like weird, weird vibes, like two people in different mindsets reading the same tweet. It's that key and peel sketch where they're just like reading their texts <laughs> to each other or from each other. And they're oh, reading that's a, such a good reference in such weird ways. One's very relaxed and the one's like super <laughs> angry. And that's just how they that's interpret cool. everything. Um, cause like, cause I'm reading it and I'm like, yeah, I can like, if I'm pissed already, I guess if I'm answering, I'm already angry. Russo's tweet does sound kind of like dismissive of what I know about hockey. But if I'm Russo and I'm just like, Hey man, you know, you know, I write for the wild a lot and I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with, you know, you saying that they don't have depth and it's like, oh yeah, he's just like trying to chime and be like, hey, we're having a conversation with the answer's like, you don't think I know jack shit about hockey? And it's like, uh, so good for them. They hugged it out, I think. Yeah, it's a, that's exactly, I love that compa- comparison to uh That's to one of the best, one of the best. I think it might be my favorite done. of theirs. Look it oh, up. Oh, there folks. ain't gonna be no rounds. <laughs> uh, now I gotta go watch that again. All right. So diving into the serious heavy duty <coughs> blues news. Uh, Craig Baruby, the head coach of the St. Louis Blues, who has much renown. People have probably heard of him if we're listening to this podcast, has been extended by the Blues until the 2020, what was it, four five season or three four season? This is one, two, and then it's two, three, three, four, four, five. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, he, we, we are, we're all well aware he won't be coaching here in 2025. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's the NHL, right? So I, that's not even a shot at Ruby. I'm just saying, like, playing the odds, even if we aren't about to deride him as a coach, which I probably will. Um, you know, I mean, but it's always funny to see when they're like, he'll be behind the bench until the, 2024 oh, yeah. 2025 season concludes and i'm like yeah well maybe maybe if everything goes right yeah you know yeah. i was gonna say this is only works if like they play, i don't know i mean I, I guess the one positive if you're still behind the bench is like it's gotta be because we're playing super well for uh, this three-year uh you know stretch but it is it's also it is funny though sorry i didn't mean to no, I was just saying, it feels hard it feels hard to believe these days yeah no it is funny though to think about like we could miss the playoffs and he could just be fired. Like this mm-hmm. is not binding in any way other than that. They have to pay him some money for it. You know? I mean, the Habs extended or signed or whatever Ducharme the summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll now he's gone. Just a minute. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, Barubi said, I came in here four years ago and we've had great success here. We have a chance to win again. No, we don't. I think that Doug does everything he can to put a winning team on the ice and as a coach. Sorry, I had the hiccups. I think that's a great thing. I really enjoy St. Louis. I enjoy the fan base, and it's a great organ- organization. How dare you, Doug? Um, he is currently seventh in Blues history in games coached with 234, fourth in wins, and his point percentage is 632, which – Ranks second. Good God, Ian. Say something about He's Craig Berube while I try to recover. Oh, God. I'm going to die. You got to drink water upside down. That's what I've been told. <laughs> something like that. Um, you know, I I think this is fine. I'm This is this is not the take people want, I'm sure. Uh, when you listen to a, a hot podcast, that someone just goes, meh. But that's just sort of how I feel about it. Like, I don't dislike Craig Berube as a coach. I think his weakness thus far seems like adaption in the playoffs it seemed pretty strong when they won the cup but in the last two playoff uh, runs it's not been great so we haven't got out of the first round these last few years if we don't get out of the first round this year which i mean quite honestly looks like it's probably going to happen you know i don't know if i i don't know if i hang this one on him so much because i think some of this has to do with armstrong and personnel and what have you but either way um you got to start hoping that there's a little bit of improvement in the postseason. I think he's a fine coach. I think the players really like him a lot. Um, I think I think guys like Robert Bertuzzo, who we'll talk about uh, those those kinds of guys, really like him a lot. You know, he's a punchy boy. So if you're if you're of that kin, if you're of that ilk, you're like, oh yeah, this is my guy. He knows all about that. Um, and it, I, I think he gets. I think he actually gets a fair amount of uh, good play out of like the younger players. I think that was my biggest concern leading into like this year, last year, this year pretty much was like, is Thomas going to be all right under Bruby? Is Cairo going to be all right under Bruby? Jake Neighbors going to be all right? Although he seems to love Jake Neighbors. Um, so, you know, I that worry has been quelled a bit. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest concern is just like, can he get this team over that first round hump? Such a weird thing to say about a coach that won you the cup. <laughs> but like, that's, I... I attribute that to him. I attribute that to Bennington. I attribute that to uh, a really good team that gelled at the right time and everything. So it is one of those weird mixes where I can't really be like, well, see, you got us out of the first round that one time. So that means he'll always be able to do it. It's like, well, was that the exception or was that the rule? Um, Because at this point, it's starting to look a little bit like the exception. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Armstrong seems really like him. Um, I hope he doesn't I think like him it, as much as they like Ken Hitchcock. Yeah, that's true. If he fires Craig Ruby, I don't think there'll be any tears. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean yeah. That's, that's that's my that's my nine cents. <laughs> nine cents, good. Uh, well, inflation's so bad, you know. <laughs> Two cents. I need more money as far as it used to, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of friends asked me how I was thinking and I just kind of said like, if it's going to rain tomorrow and you don't really want it to rain tomorrow, but you know, it's going to rain tomorrow. Are you really going to get all that upset when it starts raining? Like I'm not, <laughs> I haven't been shy about saying, I don't think Craig Berube is the best fit for this team, 
But I think at the point we were at, it was pretty inevitable that he was going to get extended. I would have preferred they wait until the playoffs and see how that all goes down. But it's the NHL, and it's one of those situations, too, where it's like, who are you going to go sign? Jeremy Colleton? You hmm. know, maybe you promote Jim Montgomery or Steve Ott. But, like, you're, you're not – there's nobody coming in here who's like – you know, I mean, you know, God willing, they wouldn't go out and sign Joel Quinville or Mike Babcock, you know, so it's just oh, like, God. you know, who are you going to get? I would love to see us try and get a uh, young, exciting hip coach in here and really, you know, play the Corsi game and puck control and all that. We'll talk about that later on. But those coaches are few and far between. So can I be really angry about this? No, I can't. I still don't think it ends in, you know, it's that that's the other side of it too, is like, it's not binding in any way. So like, if mm. things actually get bad enough where we're like, Oh, Baruby is the problem, or at least isn't the solution, they can still fire him. And they will too, because Tom Stillman isn't shy about spending money. And, mm. you know, they, I'm sure he's making what probably 1.5 million a year tops, something like that, maybe two. I don't know, but like that's six million over the life of the contract. That's less than a year of Colton Pareko. So, and they're paying him for Jack nothing. So they might as well pay Craig Berube for nothing. Um, so I think, you know, I think it's not a move I'm in love with, but it's a move that we're going to have to deal with. And I think that's just, Sort of the way it is. I guess I guess it's similar to like you said. It's not that exciting a take. It's not that hard a take, but it's the take I've got. So Ian, if we can't get fired up about a Craig Berube extension, maybe we can get fired up about a Robert Bortuzzo extension. <laughs> I I made what I thought was a very 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 mild comment about this tweet and got lit on fire by f- Twitter because Robert Bortuzzo is. One of the like two blues players you're just not allowed to criticize. Um, so that was fun, but <laughs> he signed for two years at what was it, 950 per year? Yeah. Mm. Um, I mean, here's the thing Do I think Robert Vortuzo is a good hockey player at age 32? I do not, particularly. Do I think he's hurting your team? exponentially at um in a you know a a third pairing role i also don't think that and do i think he's popular in the clubhouse and you know has a big presence and is probably one of those spirit sort of guys i do so like that's kind of where i'm at i guess i don't i don't i don't love it to be honest with you i would sort of prefer we have not extended him because you know, he's just a very, 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 very mediocre player. And also, I I heard a lot of people talk about how he blocks shots like a villain. I don't think he actually does it at, like, that high a rate. Compare, maybe, you know, it's hard to compare versus minutes, but, like, I don't think he's that high out there. He does it, and I'm not trying to take that away from him. People are acting like he... Uh, he was blocking, you know, everything left and right. I just put his player card in the notes. This is for the last three seasons. It's uh, not good. He's a seven overall and a six on offense and a 36 on defense. Think of these as like, you know, Madden player ratings. So, um, yeah, again, like, I don't care. I don't care enough to have like a strong position on this. 
And I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. So maybe he's just that important to the locker room. But to me, it's just kind of a, eh, why'd you do this sort of, sort of vibe, especially the second year, I guess. I guess people would say, well, you had to keep the second year to keep his, you know, his cap hit from being 1.5 million. And then I'm like, well, then you could have signed somebody else. But uh, what did you think about the Bortuzzo extension? Yeah, Robert Bortuzzo is, um, I think, like the definition of like replacement. <laughs> like, and with all due respect to him. All, all due respect. Exactly. I'll do it. He's due replacement level respect. <laughs> Um, he should be a seventh defenseman it's not crazy to play him in the bottom six because that's or the bottom pairings that's where he plays when uh he's not not playing but like he really should be a guy that's like rotating in and out like he was during the cup win um he should not be a regular guy um, for this team and I think the fact that we're having to use him as regular guy is just one of the many problems with this defense um overall he's fine like I said he's he's not terrible he, you know he doesn't like destroy this team when he's in the lineup he also doesn't make this team like that much greater when he's in the lineup either um you know no offensive upside to, to speak of whatsoever but he's he's a guy that moves people out from in front of the net, supposedly. Um, I, th- I think honestly, he's a tall guy with a, with a long stick, and so mm-hmm. he can he can kind of get in people's faces. He can play a little bit of rougher game. That's great. It's not too much money or anything. I think this move, along with the other moves, is really just for Doug Armstrong to like figure out what he has money wise going into the trade deadline and into the summer. Um, mm-hmm. Get these RFA's UFA's kind of out of the way, but. Yeah, it's. I thought. I thought the bigger thing from all this was yeah. Your tweet was essentially just like Rob Bertuzzo's all right. I don't know if I'd spend this money on him, but he's all right. And people were like, "Excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, like how dare you?" And I'm like, he's all right. He's he's fine. You can, but you can get someone else. And they were like, "This is the, to- It's the perfect example of." people overvaluing like their own players. Like this is a really good player. I'm like to us, to us, he's a really good player to everyone else. He's just to everyone else. He's I'm trying to even think of who it is. Like Luke Glendening. Do you care about Luke (laughs) Glendening? No, no one does except for maybe the team he's on. Yeah. And if they do, they probably don't feel that well about him. (laughs) I think my favorite one was I try not to pick on individual replies, but so, and so if you're listening, I say this with love, but someone said <laughs> nobody does it like Bortuzzo on the ice. I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, listen, if that's true, why is he making entry level money? <laughs> if that's true, then this man needs a different agent. <laughs> nobody does it like him. Like, does what? Does what? <laughs> it's like, I. What, this is another thing, like, again, I'm not really trying to derive Bortuzzo, but that's always the talk about law, oh, but he lays it all out there on the ice. And it's like, yeah, because he has to to stay in the NHL. Yeah. 
he doesn't have skills as a defenseman. <laughs> so he has to give it his all all the time and block shots because if he didn't do that shit, then there wouldn't be any excuse signing him to an NHL contract, mm. you know? And I don't, again, a lot of players do that and I'm not making $950,000 next year and I'm not going to play in the NHL next year. So good on Robert Fortuzo. I'm not trying to discredit him, but we always treat that like it's such a noble, you know, accomplishment and an incredible sort of, you know, trait of these truly titanic great players. And I'm like, no, he literally has no other choice because he couldn't possibly be allowed to play in the NHL if he wasn't throwing himself in front of rubber discs and, you know, back checking <laughs> like crazy or whatever else we think he does. Like, I don't know. Mm. Anyway. I don't ultimately care much about the Bortuzzi <coughs> extension. I only get more fired up about it when I think about the people who are fired up on the other side. You know, there were mm. a lot of people who were real, real passionate defenders of this extension who also believed Alex Petrangelo should leave when he didn't sign. And to me, that is everything that's wrong with this defense in a nutshell. Um the other two extensions are, you know, even even harder to have strong feelings about. Logan Brown did get a one-year 750K extension, but it is one way. So, mm-hmm. you know, the St. Louis kid done proud. Good for him. I think he's earned it. Um, I'd rather, you know, if you're just going to have some generic bottom six guys, I'd rather they be a St. Louis guy if that's an option and you're not just kind of forcing that narrative to have that guy. So good for him. Uh, positive there. And then mm-hmm. Alexi Torpchenko, one year, two way, 750K deal. Um, that's cool. I kind of uh, figured he would be uh, KHL bound after this season. I think we talked about that probably on the prospect pyramid. Yeah, um, that's what I thought a, too. He's gotten a couple chances in the NHL, and I feel like he. You know, he's he's represented himself like a like a fringe roster player. <laughs> so good for him as well. Either uh, any real thoughts on either of these? I mean, like you said, good for Brown uh, for for sticking it out on this team long enough and doing a good enough job to be able to get like a one way contract. Um, Torpchenko too. I definitely thought he was. Uh, we were high on him. Whatever prospect pyramid, and he kept sinking. And I really didn't even think he was ever going to play for the Blues. So to even play a couple games here was pretty a pretty big accomplishment. And yeah, I thought he was probably KHL bound, Europe bound at least. But having mm-hmm. having a two way deal, being here for another year, I think he plays a straight line game, which is what Bruby likes. Um, and I kind of liked, I don't know if it was Bruby or if it was, um, or if it was uh, Armstrong that was talking about Brown and basically like if they're, when they put him in the lineup, they want to try and move him up the lineup rather than play him in like a fourth line mucking role. And I was like, you know what? That's some nice foresight to say that and not be like, yeah, hey, we're just going to, this guy's got good hands and he's a big body, but doesn't really hit or nothing. But you know what? We're going to put him on the fourth line because it's the only spot we got. <laughs> um we'll see if that holds true I'm, I'm guessing he's probably gonna do time flipping with like costin or or bozak wow. here and there but yeah i mean some good signings i'm waiting for i think the big fish really now is david perron sitting out there uh but i don't know i don't know feels yeah this is the window right this is the like i'm sure other teams re-sign players this time every year this is the, but this, this is, is like the, the army, army window. window right yep this is when he right does after stuff. the All Star break, right before the trade deadline and the playoff hunt. This is his here's, kind of hunt. Here's the thing: even if I want to throw out real quick, who's so also a UFA, we'll talk oh, about right. that more later. But he 
he could be categorized as a big fish theoretically i i didn't think he would be but uh he's he's definitely on the menu now um <laughs> he's the Prime, fresh catch he's, he's the, the catch of the day <laughs> he is but see now you gotta wonder is that fish smell like because he's a fish or is it because he's rotten like you yeah, don't know exactly. you don't know you don't know until you pay the fish and you open it up That's oh right. there's no more guts in there <laughs> It's a hey, is that fish. heater that just turned on real loud behind me? And the heater? No, I don't think yeah. so. Okay, all right. Well, people, if you can hear it, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, there's all these little noises in this uh, room that I feel like this mic is really good at picking up. And I'm like, you're really good, Mike. Now stop being so good. <laughs> they don't have to hear everything. Um, what we're talking about I my feel brain like I do my brain one point about Perron and oh yeah no I was just gonna say I I don't know how Perron finishes the season we can talk about it a little later too but like he's not having a great season um but I kind of he can't sign anywhere else if we if we don't want him can we sign him and then trade him immediately because he can't <laughs> the whole thing is that he's never signed with anyone but the blues so please you can't end your career signing with like friggin i don't know dallas or whatever like you gotta you gotta sign here we'll trade you wherever you need to go if that's what you want to do but like we can't we can't we can't just let you sign with someone else so get it done doug i agree doug this is on you buddy um yeah i i don't know he's been real bad we can we can talk about him a little too it's hard to pin down you know this is one of those years where like I don't think he just fell off from his best season of all time into his like, you know, retirement level performance. Yeah. And if you look at his metrics, especially his defensive metrics, really friggin' strong this year. Um, so I think it's probably maybe a combination of A being snake bitten, B O'Reilly not being quite as productive just from a purely offensive standpoint this year as he has been in, in his other years with the Blues. C, maybe a little bit of aging, but I also D wonder if just the COVID factor is kind of looming over all these guys when they're not performing well. I don't want to use it as, as an excuse because I don't know his story, but if you're already 33 year old, years old and rely on like really working hard to be in your top shape every day and you just can't because you've got the long COVID after effects or whatever, and you're just mm-hmm. tired and don't have the energy that could really take a toll on you. And, and I hope he finds whatever it is he needs to find and gets a little bit of a groove, but he's always been a little streaky, right? So he could mm-hmm. pop five goals in the next four games and nobody would be too shocked. So uh, I hope he gets it right. I would love to see him resign and p- continue to play well and, and finish his career with the blues, but um, it's been kind of a rough go of it. So, you know, I mm-hmm. hope they make the right decision. Don't screw it up, Doug. Um, we'll talk about Billy Huso a little bit more late, later vis-a-vis the potential trade rumors around him. But before we get to the Blues or get back to the Blues, let's take a little tour around the NHL because there were a bunch of big headlines this week. Uh, mm-hmm. Ducharme can do no more harm in Montreal because Martin San Louis takes over. Um, he's been fired. Ducharme, the interim coach who took them to the Stanley Cup final last year and became their main coach, 
and then lost his goalie and his cornerstone defenseman and the whole team, I think, has struggled with injuries uh, beyond that this season, gets fired. I don't think he's necessarily a good coach, but do I think he was scapegoated here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely I do. Um, so it's hard for me to be, like, real excited. But my guess is they wanted to bring in Martin San Louis because he's a francophone and he's a great player and see how he did here and you know who can be too upset about that uh what did you think about the Ducharme firing I was looking at this um a little bit well <laughs> in regards to St. Louis and like he has a relationship with um Gordon you know their their president because Gordon was the one that got him to go to the Rangers um got him in a New York uniform and uh, mm-hmm. there's some weird thing about him like him and the his son maybe it's his son San Luis son and the GM the new GM son play together on like a peewee team or something I don't know someone was trying to draw all these crazy dots like it's freaking nepotism man <laughs> like it's just like every the, coach hiring is nepotism I know I was like you cracked the case that's uh that's the entire NHL yeah but um I, it's it's an interesting hire like I just never I don't know that much about San Luis as like a person outside of just being a really short guy who played hockey and was really good at it um so maybe he's a good coach feels like probably a player's coach very player-esque um you had to do something though in terms of like just firing Ducharme like you you had to do something because you've got a new GM you've got a new president of hockey ops you've got you've got all this stuff in place now and this team still sucks obviously those two aren't going to change anything overnight but it's like I think they said it best on like the Steve Dangle podcast, like pride has to come into it. Like we yeah. just lost the devils, which is pretty shitty, but like the Canadians lost the devils the two nights before that, the night before that seven to one. And like the, I mean, how many, how many wins do they have? They have eight wins. I think they have to have eight wins. They're yeah. on pace for like 39 points or something like four, maybe 40 points this season this full 82 game season they would finish they'd be like worse the worst team since uh the salary cap worst team in the salary cap area. Yeah. yeah like holy shit, that's so bad so like at what point like you can't just let that happen like you gotta at least you can you can let it happen i'm sure they kind of want it to happen they want chain right they want a big old big splash at the draft because it's in montreal i get that they can secretly want this to happen but they can't like that can't outwardly happen. You have to like try, you have to look competent losing games, right? You can't constantly get your ass beat over and over and over again, especially with these players are just demoralizing. Like, how are you going to sell anyone at the deadline too? <laughs> like, you can't sell me Ben Chirot when Ben Chirot looks like ass constantly. It's like, <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll take them off your hands, but I'm not going to give you um, like a second pick for him anymore, dude. He sucks. Like you have to start, you got to essentially start losing games like three, two over and over and over and over and over again. Be like, look, we're still losing. We still suck, but look, look at us trying, you know, Brendan Gallagher's out there just, you know, skating his little heart out. Like you have to look like a team. They, I watched part of their game the other day and they look like nothing. They look like, and it's it's scary. It's really scary because with Edmonton, you see like how sad they are. 
Like they're very sad mm-hmm. that they're losing this. <laughs> Even after the first goal gets scored, they're already very sad. The Habs are like conversations with Mark Spector about it. Oh yeah. They have the emotion of sadness. When Edmonton loses, they have the emotional sadness. When the Habs are losing, they have a like I saw like three separate players with a thousand yard stare. <laughs> It's just like they are vacant. They're not there anymore. And they just when they when they fired Ducharme, I was like, I I don't know if this fixes anything, but you have you like had to start showing that you as an organization care. Because like I know you can say you care, but like when that's Uh the product over and over again, even those fans aren't gonna believe you. Like so. You know, we'll see what St. Louis can do with this team. Obviously, he's not gonna he's not gonna save them, but like yeah. I do wonder if that's like is that like a long term coach for them? Probably. Like, is that the plan? I think, I think it gets a run. Yeah, I mean, what's the harm? Like, I don't. I guess. I guess. I can't. Ever listen. Everybody knew that they weren't a Stanley Cup <clears throat> contender last year, right? And that they just got hot at the right time. Yeah. But it is inexplicable to me to explain going from Stanley cup contender and admittedly I get it was in the Canadian division. And I guess that plays a major factor here, but going from Stanley cup contender to not only bad team, not only missing the playoffs, not only worst team in the league this year, but as you mentioned, worst team of the salary cap era, they're on track to Jacob Markstrom has as many shutouts as this team has victories this year they are so 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 bad and it's just like i get that they lost price and i get that they lost shea weber um but cole caulfield ain't done shit at all i mean he's been terrible he's not he's been a non-factor nick suzuki isn't doing anything um you know that brendan gallagher looks like he's aging their whole i'm I'll let me look up their stats I wonder who their team leader in points is because I bet it's, I bet it's like 20 tops. I don't know. And you know, 30 points, maybe let's look Mm. it up. Let's just take a gander here. Um, Who do you think leads the team in points Ian? Oh boy. Um, Tyler to Yeah, You were second. He's second. Number one is Nick Suzuki. Oh, okay. How many points do you think he has? How many games have they played? Like four. He's played forty six. I don't know how many. Forty six. Um, he's got twenty six points. Pretty close. Twenty eight points. Toffoli has twenty six <laughs> points. Toffoli's done. Toffoli's done it in thirty five games, and he's a minus five. He's done great for them. Jonathan Drouin has twenty points in thirty two games, but they're plus minus. Um, they're only guy who's played more than 20 games oh that's jake allen that doesn't count um <laughs> there to fully it has 35 games and a plus minus a minus five lacking in 43 and a plus minus a minus five um and then most of their guys are minus 10 minus 12 minus 15 
and Ben Sherratt all the way down at minus 27, which, like you said, not a guy you can trade. Mike Hoffman, who they went out and paid big money to, um, 30, 31 games, uh, 14 points, seven goals, minus 20. Josh Anderson, who they've signed for fucking blue ever, 35 games, 17 points, minus 20. Like, this is a team that is just rotten to the core, and I think it goes beyond – I don't know what it goes beyond. I because they were they weren't terrible last year, right? I mean, they were in the Stanley Cup, so it's literally inexplicable. And it is it is it is just honestly just kind of sad. Like you know, this would be bad enough if it was the Coyotes, but for it to be the mighty Montreal Canadiens, I don't want them winning cups necessarily, but I like them to be good enough that you know beating them means something. Mm-hmm. And um, all of this, I'm saying you know, with the very clear recognition that we play them pretty soon and, you know, we could lose. And if we lose, that's when you really know that the team is in the shitter. But um, well, yeah. uh, it's just, it's insane how bad they've been. And I don't think firing Ducharme fixes anything, but it certainly can't make anything worse. And so I think it had to be done. Speaking of the other team you talked about, Dave Tippett is out in, he takes a tumble out the door in Edmonton (laughs) and uh, their head coach of the AHL is Jay Woodcroft. He now takes over behind the bench at the NHL level, much to the excitement of Connor McDavid. (sighs) This had to happen. This should have happened weeks and weeks ago. Um, This is the first time Ken Holland has fired a coach in the regular season. I believe, and um, yeah, man, they can't miss the playoffs, and they're going to. So, like, that was such that was such a stupid like stat that they were like trying. That was like the weird like perfect attendance. They're like, you know, he's never fired a coach midseason. Like, yeah, because he coached the Detroit Red Wings, (laughs) or because he was GM of the Detroit Red Wings. Like, he just like that. You didn't fire Mike Babcock in the middle of the season back then. Uh, and Jeff Blaschel has been there way too long and all the other junk. But um, so it's like, okay, great. Fantastic. Jeff Blaschel is probably like the third longest tendered head coach in the NHL. Yeah, right that now. dude, that dude, every, I get he's there for the rebuild, but like the rebuild's taking forever. And I'm just kind of think they're always going to do a, a thing like where they fired Matt Murray and they're like, all right, we got it. Or um, whoever Murray we had. And they're like, we got to get somebody else because we got to start getting better at some point. I was wrong, Ian. Jeff Blashill is the second longest tenure head coach. It's <laughs> like got to be what behind John Cooper, yeah. John Cooper's number one. At uh, March twenty fifth, two thousand thirteen, he started. Dang. Can you name number three? Who he has won a cup? Oh, is it um, Sullivan? He's won two cups. That's Mike Sullivan. Yep. Dang. Jared Bednar, Bruce Cassidy, Rob Brindamore is already top 10. Barry Trotz and Craig Berube are already top 10. <laughs> um, and Tom McQuellen rounding out that group in LA. God, that's wow. sad. <laughs> uh, I know he was, I know part of it's just the timing of the pandemic and everything, but it feels like Tom McQuellen, like I couldn't have even told you Todd McQuellen was LA's head coach. Like a hundred percent could not have. Oh yeah, that's just like a vacant, that's just like a void yeah. there. I don't know who's there anymore. Um, this what whoever this is that's coaching Edmonton. This is four coaches in seven years for McDavid. Mm-hmm. This is apparently 
I don't even know how this works because they must have just been firing coaches right and left at the beginning of his career. For Nugent Hopkins, this is supposedly his 12th coach in 11 years. I can believe that. Oh, my dude, God. Dude, Connor, it's time, man. It's time. Demand. Dude, if they don't make the playoffs, you just get just go. Just I have, go. I have this thing. I can't remember if I've said this recently, but like I, ha- I'm starting to realize I have a problem with considering guys stars. If I used to really hate the like the LeBron Jameses of the world, let's let's not get it twisted. I still don't like LeBron James much, but like that whole mentality of like I'm going to go somewhere and build a super team around me just so I can win a, an NBA championship. You know, like I used to hate that, and I still kind of hate that that can happen in the NBA. But I don't I don't hate as much the mentality of wanting to do it anymore. And I kind of if if Connor just stays there in Edmonton and doesn't start speaking out and doesn't start demanding better. I kind of start to lose respect for him a little bit. Don't you? Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know, not, not I agree. To compare, not to compare apples to apples, but wasn't Sidney Crosby winning cups by his like sixth or seventh season in the NHL. I was like, yeah. I mean, if he was what in drafting, like he won his first and they won in 2009 yeah i just you you are i guess you're there i mean you're there and we're not so maybe there's shit going on behind the scenes that's like right up your alley connor and you're like this is perfect that's what i mean but i'm like but we we (laughs) see we see this shit as as fans as nhl fans it's like it's not working and they and they don't seem to really care yeah it's not working that's the what was crazy to me too is like um freaking Holland was like you know I, I really didn't want to do anything in january i just really didn't want to i'm like why not why not <laughs> like, he was like patting himself in the back i really didn't want to and i'm like we made it we made it to february sin, you idiot yeah. like i just don't understand you have a generational know. talent and you and then you also have the other one you have Leon Dresso, you had two generate literally two wandering them how can you not make this work which, by the way, is not even to not even to discredit other good guys they have, like Bouchard, who looks like he's a <laughs> stud, and Puyi Yarvi and Nugent Hopkins is mm. really good overall, and um, you know, Evander Kane's really good at hockey and has been there for a long time. So, um, <laughs> I just yeah, they made that they made that stellar move. I just like. We can we joke a lot about the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? But like that team's been in the playoffs every year since Austin Matthews. Arrived, yeah. Right? It's yeah. Playoffs. And, playoffs and urban question. They might they might not be progress. Well, I mean, they seem to be progressing, but even if they don't get over the hurdle, there's such a difference between making the playoffs, never being in question of making the playoffs and being competitive in series versus either not making the playoffs or barely making the playoffs and getting swept in series. And some of that is on Connor, but most of it's not, you know, and I just don't get how they can be in this situation again. And sorry, but Jay Woodcroft is your answer, dude. That's not an option. And now... (laughs) And now so we, we, we might as well talk about it now because we'll talk about it more later. But now Elliot Friedman is rumoring that that Billy Huso is the goalie that they really want 
not just a goalie they're looking at, but apparently he said that he's the one they're really eyeing, which listen, 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 as much as I would just adore having them trade way too much to get Billy Husso nearing the end of a world-class heater, because that's what he's on. I'm not even saying he's not a decent to pretty good NHL goalie, but let's not pretend that he's not just playing out of his mind right now. And that that's got to come to an end sometime, right? Like as much as I would love them to pony up the farm and take Billy Husso from us. And I'm still praying it happens. And we'll talk about that a little more. If they do that, it's so fucking dumb. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking dumb. And it's such a like, it's such a it's such a panic move, you know? You could have had Alex Nedelkovich this summer for nothing. You could have had literally Marc Andre Fleury for nothing. Now, probably that would have gotten blocked by the no by the trade protection, I assume. <laughs> like all smart people that all the Canadian teams are on a snow trade list, but you could have had these guys, you could have had goalie solutions. You could have done anything. You could have done anything. And you thought, you know what? Nope. Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. And we're good. (laughs) We're probably, we're probably fine with that. Right. I just don't get it, man. It's a disaster. I'm sorry. I've been kind of, I didn't expect to rant this much. Do you have anything you'd like to say? It's just, I, I don't know when that day is coming, but it's coming. Like it used to be like, will Connor ask for a trade or say something? And now it's just kind of like, when I'm just one waiting for when. I think, I think if they miss the playoffs, we get at least like the Ryan O'Reilly, right? Right. At the end of the season, I mean, he has to say friggin' something, doesn't he? I'm worried for him as a human being if he doesn't say anything. I'm like, dude, don't <laughs> you have like a soul? Don't you want to just be like? I mean, he, we've was. we've seen him do with Twitter takeovers. I don't think he does that. <laughs> He's so boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm telling you, I can't remember what it was like a couple episodes ago. I think we talked about it, but I'm really rooting for the trade to some some rando team where he wins like a couple cups and he grows a goatee and like, he's just freaking evil now. Like he's just like, yeah. people Can don't want say the stars or somebody. Yeah. He, we need, we need people in Canada to hate Connor McDavid. And oh, we in America will, will open arms, baby. I need, I need the sweet, sweet heel turn of like Connor McDavid having a personality and it's and it sucks it's like the personality <laughs> people freaking hate they're like oh yeah he's got a personality but apparently all he does is just post really awful things about people now he just hates people I'm like yes this is what i need i need i need a real big villain and he could be that villain yeah i just i i'm i'm at a loss they have two of the best players in the world and they can't can't get their crap together enough to make the playoffs in a not especially good division too, you know? And I get, listen, people keep, people keep talking about like, well, you know, yeah. I mean, they, they may be on the cusp now, but they're going to make it. They're six points back right now. They're six points back of the ducks and they have, they have four games in hand on them. I get that. But like, why do people assume that gap just closes? Like they're not they're, they're not any good. They're only up two <laughs> on the Islanders off, right now. And they've got to hold off the Sharks and the Canucks. And 
based on this season and everything we've seen, if a team's going to make it, if a Canadian team's going to make a charge into the playoffs, do you think it's the Sharks or the, or the Oilers or the Canucks? Because I put all my money on the Canucks. Mm-hmm. I really would. They've got the Boudreaux magic. They'll, I mean, they'll choke. They'll choke hard in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> we've seen this happen time and time again. But I think they're headed in the right direction. And look, wait. They should have fired. They should have gotten Bruce Boudreaux. They should have fired Dave Tippett and gotten Bruce Boudreaux. But they they drag drug their hands. They drug their feet. I guess is what you drag in the idiom. <laughs> and um, it's just it's bad. So ah, I didn't really expect to fight about that. Not fight, but to argue. You know, to yell about that so much. But in any case, it is what it is. One goalie that the. Oilers won't be adding before the trade deadline is Tuka Rask because he retired. Uh, he made his comeback attempt with the Bruins and I think sort of similar to the Ben Bishop situation, except a little bit more publicly, he was kind of like, oh yeah, I can't, uh, I can't do this anymore. And um, that's sad. I you'd wish he could have gone out on a high note, but um, that's kind of the cruelty of the goaltending position, I guess. 564 NHL games played, 308 wins. 165 losses, 66 of the special Gary Batman losses, uh, 2.28 goals against and 921 save percentage career. That's nuts. That's, mm-hmm. that's nothing fuss. That's insane. 104 games in the playoffs, 222 goals against average, 925 save percentage. I think people forget uh, the year we played them that he was like on the world classiest of heaters. And that was like one of the big narratives coming into that se- that series is like, maybe these teams are pretty even, but how can anybody beat Rask right now? And we did, but I mean, it wasn't because he wasn't any good. Uh, he uh, is among goalies with 300 or more games started in the salary cap era. His current rank is tied for first in save percentage and uh, first alone in goals against average. Um, you asked the question, Ian, uh, so I'll let you decide which of us answers it first. But is Tuka Rask a Hall of Fame player? Um, I think after all that, it, like he has to be. Like he's all the. I think your one drag against him, the one drag you can make, is that he only has one cup, and that that cup that he won, he wasn't necessarily even the starter. It was Tim Thomas here, but like mm-hmm. he went back to the back to uh, the Stanley Cup Finals twice in 2013 and in 2019. I don't think 13 was 13 game seven. I think it was game six, but it went all the way to game seven against the blues. Like, I think he still played some really good games. Um, we, we never blew that team out in any of our games aside from the last right. one. So he kept him in it the whole time. That's like the one that's like his one drag is not having a cup that you could call like necessarily his own. Um, and that like, you know, just never got it done completely as a starter, but like, in every other facet of his career, including the rest of the playoffs, aside from literally winning the cup, he is like an outstanding goalie. He's much older than I thought he was. Like he retired and he's 34. And I was like, I thought you were like 30. I don't know. It was kind of, it was kind of crazy uh-huh. to see how many years he's played um, for Boston. But I, I think he has to be, I think on the Steve Daniel podcast, they talked about how, um chris osgood is always debated on whether or not he should be in the hall of fame and they think at some point he probably will be um but he kind of had the flip side where he has some some pretty good stats but he's won like 
three cups with the wings and i think two of them he started but like the team around him was so freaking good and don't forget his work with the blues don't forget don't you forget that's Um, really what should be his defining characteristic that's what throws people that's what puts people in the (laughs) hall of fame playing for the st louis blues um but like rask doesn't have those cups but he has he has all of these amazing um accolades and stats that it's like I think I think it's a I think it's easy. I think Mike Milbury got interviewed for some reason about this, and he said no. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you that he That's that Tugaras definitely to has to go. <laughs> all I needed to hear. Yeah, and the thing about the cups is, like, dude, uh, he could have just won the year that we went to the playoffs, right? I mean, he was mm-hmm. freaking phenomenal. And in 2020, 2012, 2013, he won the Vesna Trophy and won the. Uh, went to the all-star game and he started 22 games in the playoffs and had a 940 save percentage. You're going to argue that's somehow his fault that they didn't win the cup in that <laughs> year. I mean, a 940 save percentage and three shutouts. That means he gave his team three victories of the 16 that they needed and they didn't finish the cup run again. That's not that dude's fault. Um, 14 wins. So they came too shy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You look at this year. I, I'm I'm self-admittedly pretty bad at like knowing how they how they determine cup winners or cup hall of famers in the NHL. Hmm. Um, but you look at his career, he's got the Vesna, he's got the Jennings, he's just got phenomenal stats all the way through. Um he he hasn't he hasn't had a season with a goals against average above he's had two seasons with a goals against average above 256 since his rookie year um he's never dropped below a 912 save percentage on a year uh he's he's been the pillar of consistency how many guys and always underrated too you know i think kind of always underlooked never really talked about in that mark andre flurry um you know, whoever you want to put in that category when Ryan Miller was at the top or when Roberto Luongo was at the top, he's not talked about in the same breath as those guys, but he should be. Um, I think, I don't know. I think he's really good. He played his whole career really famously with one team. Um, and he was also drafted by the Maple Leafs, which makes all this much more hilarious. Um, and I think he should go in from just for that. I agree. He should be in. I don't know if he will be. And I think maybe if he does get in, he will uh, take a while and it'll be one of those kind of long drawn out cases, but I think he deserves it. Last thing before we get into the doldrums of the blues, um, the coyotes uh, finally committed to their Tempe tantrum and uh, they are going to play in the Arizona State University Stadium in Tempe. Um, man, move the team. I, don't, I, I, I know we talked about this before, but like, I think Gary Batman had that quote where he's like, well, actually, you know, we, we have done studies and we don't think there's necessarily an impact to ticket sales or to overall revenue. In fact, by one model, it could go up. And I just thought everybody's like, Gary, you're clearly lying. You're clearly full of crap. And I just thought, dude, probably. But the more frightening thing is what if he's telling the truth? Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but like, even if he is telling the truth or even if he's not telling the truth, 
imagine thinking that was an okay thing to say to the public imagine thinking as the as the as the commissioner of a league that you can go in front of a microphone and say yeah actually we've decided that moving our our professional our, our highest tier professional level team to a 3500 seat arena is an, a wash at worst a wash <laughs> for revenue in this league like okay dude give up give up we're we're our best argument for keeping this team there is that one guy came from that city one time that's the, that's the whole argument i've never heard any other argument I've Austin never Matthews heard bought, yeah, he bought them like five years. <laughs> I've never heard any other argument for why this team should be there other than, well, we want to keep, it's like, we want to keep hockey and non-hockey markets. And it's like, okay, but this one is a non-hockey yeah. market. <laughs> it's a I mean. non-hockey market. You did it in Florida twice. You did it in Texas. You did it in Nashville. You did it in the other, in another part of the same desert in a different yeah. state. It's all going great. So just one of them failed. Go figure. Like, yeah. just, that's your right. The only point they've ever made is like, well, we can't move it because we put it here. And it's like, man, that's like that's like <laughs> child logic, baby. Like, you, yeah, you can admit your mistake <laughs> now. Just move it. Like, I built I the Lincoln Logs here. I can't move it to the other room. I. I'm gonna. I don't. I know Batman only got a Twitter, and even if he did, he wouldn't give a shit. But I'm gonna tweet at that man so hard when they eventually move this team, and he's like talks about it like, "Well, this was an inevitability," or like basically is like, "Well, you know, we always said that we were gonna have to move him someday," and it's like, "You son of a bitch, you can't." You know he's gonna, or he's just gonna ride over and be like, "We we tried our best." You know, it's it's Arizona's fault at this point, like. We did everything we could. It's like, yeah, you did, and you shouldn't have. Um, yeah, I thought that was insanity that he was like, oh, yeah, this is this is exactly fine. We'll make the same amount of money. I'm like, so you make no money. So you, before you could show me, you could say, this arena seats 19,000. And then I could be like, but no one goes. And you're like, ah, it makes money. And I had to, like, do, you know, I just had to imagine it was full. But now I know the stadium only seats, like, 4,000 people. And you're like, yeah, it makes the same amount of money as we used to. Like, so you're saying you only had, like, 4,000 people. That's the math. I really don't, I guess there's, like, no reason to, like, throw Gary Bettman under the bus if you're, like, a reporter. Because, like, you want to have access to him and you don't want him not to answer your questions. I'm really surprised with, like, like, when he serves it to you underhanded like that. How do you not just be like, dude? So are you so you're saying that they only ever had like four thousand fans and that you were making like no money because that's what the, that you're saying? Because what's he gonna? Because you what's he gonna say? I was a lawyer himself out of that one. I did not yeah. say that. I will not perjure myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I do not recall, and I need an attorney. Um, <laughs> I just. It's just so bad. It's just a blight. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. If I know Phoenix is what, like the, it's a, it's a pretty big city. It's like a top 10 big city in the U S. So here's the thing, Gary, here's the thing. If you move them now and then five years from now, somebody in Phoenix says, you know what, actually I'm going to commit to an NHL team here and I'm going to buy them. And I'm going to pay to build the arena in Tempe or in, in Phoenix proper or wherever then you move a team there. You're not mm-hmm. shutting the door forever. You're telling me if you had an amazing investment group in Atlanta right now, you wouldn't go there. Of course you would. It's a huge ass city. You know, you give it another shot. 
felt like this is embarrassing for your league. It's dragging down revenues. It's cramming up escrow. It's a blight on your freaking league and you need to stop it. This, this man's legacy, Gary Bettman's legacy when his career is done will be CTE and the Arizona Coyotes before anything else. I, I truly believe if they're still there when he retires, the first thing his successor will do is move the Coyotes. And then mm-hmm. I, I don't know if his successor will do anything about CTE because it'll still be a scum-sucking gaggle of 32 old crusty white guys that sc- suck scum and include Rocky Wirtz and and the guy in uh, in Boston, but you know, maybe one can dream, but it's just so bad. It's it's really, really bad. Speaking of things that are bad, we've spoken for like probably an hour, <laughs> an hour plus <laughs> now and haven't talked about the blues. I don't really, I don't know. I don't want to go super deep into last night's game, like play by play. Do you? I mean, we can if you want um, to. I mean, just some of these. Why don't goals. you walk us through the points that you think are most important? Because you took these notes. You are more familiar with the individual goals than I am. So why don't you, would you mind carrying us through it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely do mind, but I'll, I'll, okay. do, I'll do a solid. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having my back. I, that's my it came out my mouth too fast just like at the movies when they're like <laughs> enjoy the movie and you go you do yeah oh where did i do that the other day some sort of like enjoy your stay at this oh that's what it was i got to the hotel and they're like enjoy your stay and i'm like you do <laughs> i live somewhere else kill I, I know i knew that i knew that <laughs> i'm gonna kill myself on my tv yeah, and you start you start talking about this team. I'm going to get a glass of water real quick so I don't choke to death. <laughs> so okay. I can't get you one. You're on your own. That's okay. The people are used to my, my cough. Um, yeah. So this game started uh, and it it started and it ended. <laughs> um, Bennington was in that, you know, we need to get him, uh, get him going, get a fresh start for him right after that break. So, you know, it's not... It's not bad to get them between the pipes again, uh, especially against a pretty weak New Jersey Devils team. So you would think this is uh, a good place to start them. Uh, Bozak was a late scratch. Joshua takes his place in the fourth line. Your lines are Shen O'Reilly Bushnevich, Kairu Thomas Tarasenko, Saad Barbashev Peran, Kostin Joshua Sunquist. Your deep pairings are Mikola Pareko, Krug Fox, Scandella Bortuzzo. Uh, first period already. Uh, not even three minutes into this period, and P.K. Subban scores the first goal of the game is third of the season. Um, Krug can't stop the puck from being rimmed around the Blues net. Falk can't clear the puck out of the zone. Subban winds up, beats Bennington over the right pad. It's not so great. Um, Why aren't we calling him P.K. Subban, by the way? That's true. And well, Stephen, <laughs> the Slewfoot's just crept into his game. It's not something he wants <laughs> it's just to. It's a bad habit. It's not something he's no, doing. He on doesn't want to do it. He doesn't <laughs> want to do it. No one's, no, no one's making PK Subban do that Slewfoot, except for his subconscious brain. Um, crazy. Michael McLeod. Uh, I like that name. I like McLeod. Uh, sixth goal of the season. Only, oh, I guess it's pretty far later. It's uh, five minutes left in the period. Um, this was not a great look either. This was kind of like, I don't know, this goal was like indicative of like what all the other goals were going to be, which were just like uninhibited devil's player flies into the zone 
and scores at will. <laughs> uh, like Tarasenko makes a weak attempt to stop McLeod along the boards in the neutral zone. Bertuzzo gets caught flat-footed at the blue line and whacks at McLeod and surprise, surprise. That doesn't do anything. It's now two-on-one with Scandella in the middle. Thomas tries to get to McLeod, and McLeod holds him off. Scandella also slow to react, even when McLeod is like within a sixth length of him. Uh, Bennington drops down a little early because McLeod fans on his first shot. McLeod goes left to right and through the slot, puts the puck just beyond Bennington's left skate. Um, it's 2 nothing. It's not so great, but Claston gets on the board, gets the Blues back within one on a really nice one-timer uh, inside the left circle there. It, period ends. It's 2-1. You know, it ends on a bit of a higher note. You don't feel too bad just yet. Second period runs around. It's the Blues period. This is the Blues period. Unfortunately, there's another period, but this is the Blues period. Uh, Braden Shen scores his 11th of the season, uh, followed by Justin Falk. I mean, they're they're good goals. They're both kind of similar-ish goals in that Gillies gets a piece of both of these shots. Uh, The Braden Shen goal... Gillies gets a piece of it, but then it's rolling kind of off to his left, and Shen drops to his stomach, dives for it, whacks the puck into the open net. Justin Fox goal. Uh, he's a, a cool goal. Oh, yeah. This was this is when she fires it from the An blue line. goal, if you will. An effort <laughs> goal. He fires from the blue line, hits uh, hits Gillies, leaks through Gillies, is rolling on end uh, just across the line before Zaka can swipe it out of the net. The goal is reviewed. And it's a good goal. The Blues are up three to two. I believe there's some stat. The Blues are like a plus 22 in the second period. It's pretty good. I think they said maybe even tops in the league. Again, one more period to play. That you should also be good in that period. Uh, the Blues <laughs> were not. This was uh, where the wheels fell off. This is not good. Um, third period. Igor. This I guess this is how you can also spell it, Igor. Y e g o r. I think maybe this is how I would spell it. Uh, and certainly how Igor's parents spelt it. Uh, Igor Shiraganovich. Shirangovich. Shirangovich, thank you. Some people would spell Ian with an extra I, so. Well, they'd be fucking stupid. You know, actually, you know what? That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. I won't fight. I won't fight the other Ians. If you want to spell it I-A-I-N or you want to spell it like, I think, an even older, like I-O-I-N. Or you, you want to spell it E-N, you want to spell it E-A-N, which I've never seen either of okay, those. Okay, what's the one you do hate? I don't like Ian. You can spell Ian M-A-R-Y and be like, that's Ian. Cool. Oh, Excellent. You don't want to pronounce Ian? Don't say Ian. Okay. If your name's Ian, you're wrong. Your parents <laughs> were wrong and you were wrong. You were wrong for not correcting them. Uh, in the womb, right when you left, like that was that was your moment. That was your time to shine, and now your life is ruined. And I'm so sorry for you, but there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, there is. You can legally change your name. Go do it right now, <coughs> Igor. Oh no, say it again, Stephen. Sharangovich. Sharangovich. I don't know why I keep saying Sharon. It's like almost Sharon. I thought it, I can't remember. I thought it was Sharon Govich, but I think last night they were pronouncing it Sharangovich. Sharangovich. It's not like he will do anything else in this game, but he will. Um, he had like 28 goals last year. <laughs> this is a, uh, did you really? He had a bunch, yeah. Man, I do. Okay, this is the weird sounding name where I was like, they got some player that's supposed to be good over there that's not named Hughes or Heesher. Um, this was. Yeah, Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, but he's injured forever. <laughs> or so says my fantasy team. On this goal, uh, O'Reilly turns the puck over in the devil zone. 
Smith hits Heischer with a stretch pass. It's a late developing two-on-one in the blue zone. Uh, this sucks. Krug is the late man, uh, but he could probably still try and take Heischer, who has the puck, but instead he elects to try and play the pass. Uh, Scandella is the one defender who is back, and he could probably take uh, Shrangovich, but instead he too elects to play the pass. Uh, despite mm. having two players trying to take the passing lane away, Heischer still manages to complete a successful pass to Sharangovich, who taps the puck up and over Bennington's right pad. Um, like, sure, it's a great pass from Heischer. It's a, it's a really nice saucer pass, but come on. Like, there's, t- I took these little screenshots. There's two of you. You can both go to different players now. There is no longer this, like, I got to take the pass, the goalie will take the shot. You can both now go defend separate players. Krug, who I think is even pointing uh, at one point to Scandella to take Shrangovich is like, oh, okay, <laughs> you take him because I'm going to go take uh, Heischer. He doesn't do that. Scandella also doesn't take anybody. Neither of them stop the pass. It's freaking terrible. Like, it was so bad. And again, it was like a stretch pass. No one touched the puck carrier when he came in. Uh, you know, uninhibited. Nico Heischer then also scores a goal after this. This is the, uh, let's see, the other one was the game tying goal. This is the uh, game, it's not the game winning goal after all, but it puts him ahead 4-3. Uh, Subban enters the blue zone with little trouble, passes the puck across the zone to Heischer. Heischer shoots the puck on net. Bennington gets a big juicy piece of it, but this puck uh, hits his right arm, but the puck still gets past him and goes into the net. Um, <coughs> again, from this like screenshot, I'm pretty sure Tarasenko it's a quick pass, but he could probably do something at this point to try and get his stick on the puck or even go after Subban because there's three of them, three Devils and three Blues players. Uh, he doesn't do that. It's a clean pass to Heischer. Heischer gets a clean look at it because Krug's like trying to play goalie at like the middle of the circle, doesn't get a piece of it. He looks just as bad as Bennington who tries to get his, a piece of it and does, but not enough. Um, I don't oh, know this, where that was. <laughs> this was rough. I think it was the goal before this. Um, the game tying goal. Bennington has this look up to the sky, and I, he's done it before. But like this look up to the sky, and I was like, man, that's that almost guaranteed the fourth goal. This goal mm-hmm. happened um, like about two minutes later, two and a half minutes later. Like it was, it was a foregone conclusion. Like it was so they were super demoralized after just the game tying goal. Which goes to show yeah. you that they were already playing like shit before that. <laughs> um, so then the I think the you know the cherry on top of the crab cake is the Jimmy VC goal. Uh VC skates through the neutral zone uninhibited. Again, he curls and drags the puck around Scandella, who <laughs> just watches him do it. Um, and then he puts a backhander on that from distance and beats Bennington on the far side. It's a big woof. It's a backhand. Backhands are hard to read, but not that hard to read when it's far away. Um Jesus, I mean, they're both. It's both of them. It's Scandella. It's Bennington. Mark. It's 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 three. It's three. It's two players, two Blues players in the neutral zone doing nothing to Jimmy Beasley, and it's like, okay, all right. <laughs> I guess let's just watch a time. I Marco Scandella is the worst defenseman we've ever had, right? By, I mean, that's played. As, as significant a role as he has i think like like in terms of yeah like someone that's like consistently on the ice like over and over again like i think supposedly he has a lower body injury now and i'm like look i don't wish injury on you but okay 
<coughs> fine, like fine by me at this point. Like he had a nice stretch right before we extended him where I was like, yeah, maybe he's a Jay Bowmeister replacement. He played pretty good with Pareko and pretty much from the get-go since we've extended him, he has looked really bad. Yeah, um, it's been awful. You know, I mean, I mean can I... Can I interrupt for just a second yeah. and take us on a complete tangent, but it's still a hockey related one. <laughs> um, barely. I'm, yeah. I'm having a friend tell me that his two favorite hockey, he's not much of a hockey fan, <coughs> but his two favorite hockey jerseys ever are the current primary dark blue Oilers jerseys hmm. and the former Navy blue blues alternate jerseys. And I'm hurt. I'm offended. And he just likes Navy. I guess you just like Navy then. That Navy looks good in person. On TV, it looks black. And yeah. that's just some, and then sometimes that doesn't pair well with the other colors that do pop. That's not good. That's not good. Have you shown him real jersey? Have you shown him other jerseys? I just I just sent him the best picture I could find of the of the good Oilers blue jerseys, the, the ones from a couple of years ago that were freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he doesn't like those, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna quit anyway. Yeah. Marcos Candel. So, I mean, so terrible. I mean, so terrible. His player card is abominable. I'm going to put this in the notes just so you can see it too. And I'll put it below the VC. So you, you can blind um, me. Just take a gander at that nonsense. He's a two folks. He's a two. And I just confirmed by looking at Connor McDavid, the scale does go up to 99. So he's two ninety ninths of whatever Connor McDavid is, which honestly feels generous. All the bars are in the red, baby. It's yeah. just except for uh, d- taken penalties. He's still drawn more penalties than he's taken, but he's taken a low amount. So you know, good for him. <laughs> yeah, take any win you can get. I mean, that was pretty much a game. That's that's uh what was that that's five three and then Braden Shen scores one to make it five four and then we get two empty net goals uh make it six four seven four even that even the first empty net goal is like them beating two devils players beating Krug to the puck on what could have been I guess should have been like an icing and uh and they score off of it so it was like already like see it's an empty net goal but just like all your other goals shitty um Man, yeah, the stats for this game, Blues outshoot the Devils 31 to 29. Blues get, uh, or the Devils get more of the faceoffs, 55% to 45. Neither team is good on the power play. Blues go 0 for 4. Um, scoring not necessarily a problem in this game, but like when you go 0 for 4 and our power play did look like just not good. Um, I kind of give, that's the one thing where I'm like, okay, you didn't play for the last 11 days. Fine. I suppose that's probably going to hit your power play pretty hard just because, like, you haven't practiced in a while. But, like, terrible. Um, 15 giveaways, 47% of the Corsi the Blues had. So the Devils had 52, and this is all five on five. High danger chances, eight for the Devils, seven for the Blues. Um, Two expected goals for the Blues at five on five, only 1.69 for the Devils. Um, so like we were just letting everything in that shouldn't go in. There's there you go. There's your story. Um, this team's defense was terrible, like front to back. Blues let the Devils skate through the neutral zone into the blues zone way too easily all game. Uh, missed assignments by both forwards and defensemen alike. 
passes off the mark all night and opposing passes couldn't be stopped. Um, I think we kind of talked about this, you tweeted about it a little bit last night, but like we've, we've been trying our best to kind of like steady the, the Bennington ship and be like, yeah, he's not playing great, but it's also the defense. Got to say this game, I was like, well, also true, but Bennington, it's just a, just a fat turd. In this one. Uh, I think at this point, it's pretty, it's extremely evident that you just have to ride Huso and just see what happens. You, you have to get Bennington back on the horse at some point. It's going to happen because we've got like six or seven games of coming up that are all against pretty weak opponents. So you can kind of toss them in against anybody. But again, I thought tossing them in against the devils wasn't going to be a problem. And then it was. Um, so yeah, we'll the see. boys got to ride, ride pine for a while. Yeah. I um, mean, sometimes it's sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. But with that said, I want to make it clear that it's not Bennington's fault that we lost this game. This team's terrible. Yeah, as I say again, like we've gone over the numbers a lot, but they like bear repeating this season. The Blues at five and five are 16th in goals against, 29th in expected goals against, 23rd in scoring chances against, 27th in high danger chances against, and again. Second in high danger save percentage. Did Mostly, you just pull those again? Yeah, recently? that was that was today. So that includes last night and all of Bennington's bad performances. Yeah, yeah. It's <sighs> that's the thing is like you have to fix. I really think you have to fix the defense first in front of them, and then be like, now can they play? If our team plays, um, you know, league average defense how's our goaltending respond to that sort of thing because we've seen what happens when our goaltending is really good because that's what Huso has been giving us and while it's resulted in wins I gotta say he's still making huge high danger saves where it's like okay so the defense isn't like improving on the back of Huso saving their bacon they're like oh next game we really got to play well for him they just still play like shit and he still bails them out um, so like give, give Bennington better defense, give Huso better defense and see what that is, what they turn into at that point. But like, we're like bottom five defensively in the league. We're definitely, we're for sure bottom 10. We hover in between like bottom four, bottom seven. Like that's, that's terrible. Again, if it could just be league average, I think we have enough offensive power to be like, you know what? We make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. Who knows what could happen? But at this point with this defense, this is a a first round drubbing. This is last year. I mean, it, it's it's last year because it's last year's defense too. It's the same freaking thing. But I guess with a healthy thought, because you might not get cadred, but like it's it's the same defense, it's the same team. Like I just don't see how without like really big improvements, they do anything in the playoffs. Um and that has to be like super downer, but just like they, they just don't have it. Yeah, I mean, it's just that I I'm I wouldn't even call them a lock to get to the playoffs now. I think they probably do, you know, because because eh, you know, like they <laughs> probably will. Dallas is so mad, and the and Winnipeg is yeah. so mad that it's like. We're gonna we're gonna go be dragged kicking and streaming into the playoffs. Yeah, but here's the thing: we talked openly about how this team needed to really thrive um, this during this stretch because it was so important for them to not screw it up against these really bad teams. 
and they're screwing it up against these really bad teams, you mm. know? So I don't know. I It's one, one of those games. They could win the rest of those games and be actually totally fine. But um, we don't know that that's going to happen. And until it does happen, what are we going to do? You know, I just, I just don't, I don't know. I, I think... I think I, it was really nice to see a, f- a few people on, on Blue's Twitter who I tend to think of as being in the happy-go-lucky camp for a little more than than us. And I'll admit we're on the we are on the pessimistic side. I'll freely admit that. You know, we take we take some heat for it, and, and I don't think all the heat is justified. But I'll freely admit we tend to be on the more critical side. Yeah. Um, but they aren't that good and i think we're overestimating how good they are and we're not highlighting some of the players who really are a problem like uh colton pareko david perron to some extent um i even i even still think ryan o'reilly is not playing at his top level he's still a very good player and i'm not trying to be like oh ryan o'reilly is the problem with this team but when you're looking for leadership you do look at the captain and if we're not seeing it Mm -hmm. we're not seeing it you know so like i don't know i don't want to beat the drum so bad they're you know they're just coming out of a break and maybe they'll hopefully beat the tires off the crap hawks tomorrow and go from there but it's it's worrying it's definitely worrying you know Mm -hmm. and i think i think if if somebody here's the thing as much as we don't want to start bennington right now if there's a team out there and if the team's gonna do it it'd probably be the team coached or gm'd by ken holland who's gonna convince themselves that billy huso's the next tuka rask or whoever you got to trade him, man. If you're going to get a first for Billy Huso, you have to trade him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think every fan's going to accept that right now because I think they think Billy Huso is just the starter now. And it's like, yeah, he is the starter now in terms of he needs to get the starts, but he's not the starter now in terms of he's signed for six years at $36 million, <laughs> you know? So, um, that's the only that's kind of the interesting wild card on all this now is how true are those reports from um from elliot and and how dumb will edmonton get but we do know per his own admission that armstrong and and ken holland talk all the time so maybe this is in the works maybe it has been for quite a while but i don't know it's just uh it's it's a da- it was a downer game last night it really really sucked it really sucked hard and to wait basically 10 days i mean the winnipeg game was bad and then mm-hmm. to wait over 10 days from from the 29th of january to the 10th of february just to see that pretty depressing we've got chicago at home tomorrow and then we go to Ottawa and Montreal. If you can't win all three of those games and win them decisively, pack your shit because your season's done. You know? I mean, that's that's yeah, like, you, we'll probably I, still go to the playoffs, probably still be competitive in in the final half of the season. But if you can't dominate that stretch of games, you're done. Yeah, I was like, it's Chicago, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Philadelphia, Buffalo, then Chicago again for the rest of the month. Like you 
you could should conceivably win all seven of those. Toronto's a good team. Maybe it's six. And they get you off nights, blah, 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 whatever. But like those, like those are essentially bad teams. Like, but again, yeah. New Jersey was a bad team. And you lost to them. Uh the the freaking coyotes had only beaten one other team all season, and it was the Kraken, and we lost to them. So <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna have to find something because you just can't you can't let these points slip away. These should be like easy points that like that just buffer your season. And then you can you can I want them to take it easy down the stretch, but then you lose some of those harder games to Vegas and whoever, and it's fine. But like you don't really want to make those games games against Colorado, or I think we have like two towards the end of the season against um against Minnesota, or I think our, our season ends against Boston or something. You don't want those to be like the games you have to win to get mm-hmm. into the playoffs. So just win these, get them out of the way. Again, I think there's a perfect stretch to even get Bennington back in the saddle. Probably not going to do that for the next, like, two or three games. I don't even think we have any back-to-backs coming up. So, like, they'll just slide Bennington in somewhere where they can. But, like, this is where you got to win. This is the, this, this is winning time. I know, and somebody out there will say, well, you know, the Avalanche just lost to the Coyotes. You can't be – on your best every night. And I would just say to that before that came, they were 15 0 and one. <laughs> so you can be, you can be on your best every night. I know. I was we like, you know, context have, matters. We don't have a prayer in this division in the playoffs. Who, who thinks we're, who thinks we're even holding, who thinks we're even taking a game off the avalanche? Seriously. That's what I was saying. Look at this defense. Look at the defense we have, and they're going to stop McKinnon or Rottenen, or Landeskog, McCarr. or Makar, or Kadri, who's having a freaking nightmare of a season for us. Like, no, mm. nah, no. Nah. Stop Nashushkin or Burakovsky. It's like, yeah, well, it's... and I don't, I wouldn't rate us against Minnesota or Nashville much either. And I don't mm. think we're swapping positions with either of them to take that opportunity. So like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think we're, I think we're just not a, a deep, <laughs> contender this year and that's fine you don't have to be every year and and i freely i freely admit that once upon a time this season i was saying it was kind of like that transition year before the year where uh army really thinks we're contenders again and and maybe that's always been true and i just got hyped on on the hot streak we were on for a while but it definitely seems to me like we're kind of in the doldrums right now and and you know we're not coached by mike yo so we're not just going to go on an indefinite <laughs> losing streak but um it's yeah. not great not a lot of fun so i don't know hopefully next game will be better do you have uh any final thoughts on the blues or hockey or um encyclopedia britannica or anything else man imagine when you used to have to do that you're like i wonder what the answer is let me go pull out some books <laughs> I can just speak to my phone and be like, listen, robot, give me the answer. And if it's not in my face in two seconds, you're useless. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't believe that people lived. I was talking with somebody the other night um, about uh, printing maps from MapQuest. You remember that? Because mm-hmm. uh, what the, what the hell? Um, incredible. It's, 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 it was dark times. It was dark. It's always dark before the dawn. And, and, and the dawn was smartphones and, and the dark was MapQuest. But 
that's all I got. I don't know. You got anything else? No, no. I'm just glad blues hockey is back in whatever form it takes. Yeah. Yeah. We should be thankful there's hockey on and the Olympics are on shout out to Sean white on an incredible career Mm -hmm. highlighted, not by a bajillion gold medals, but by that one time he said, I'm talking about mountain dudes, baby. As a 19 year old (laughs) tour reporter, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It's the greatest clip. I think it's, I think it's the greatest clip on the internet. I really do. I really believe highly in that. In fact, I'll play it at the very end of our, uh, episode as a tribute to the great Olympian that he is. Uh, any final thoughts before we do that, Ian? I got nothing. I say live right. your life. Live your best life. It's been a long episode, folks. I think. I have no way of knowing we're on Zoom, but it's got to have been. Uh, we had some some starts and stops, but hopefully you don't know that until I just let it slip just now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, um, that's how the meat is made. Yeah. Exactly. But meat is murder also. So don't forget that. Um, But uh, murder is also murder. So until next week, we will talk again soon from the beaches of Jacksonville, Florida and the frozen tundra of Valley Park, Missouri. We're signing off. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Stewardess had all seen the, the games and, and they were just so excited to see me. They're like, you have the gold. And, and I mean, I had like I had unlimited like service after that. I was getting drinks and I was getting <laughs> snacks and I mean I was taking photos in the back with all the all the students. Wait a minute, drinks? You're 19 years old. Yeah, I'm talking about Mountain Dews, baby. Straight.